From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. So today's episode is a podcast about a podcast. I have come across a new podcast I didn't know about called The Roommates. Some of you may know of it. Um, let's see here. It's I, I can't I can't give you the uh, you know uh, summary of what it's about because they don't do a very good job of writing that on their. Um, podcast page. But at any rate, it's basically about relationships. It's two black guys named Chris Below and Hafiz Boku. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And um, yeah, they have all kinds of guests on. They just talk all things. I mean, so far, I think they talk about more than relationships, but what I've gathered so far is, is primarily that, hence my interest in it. And they had Jordan Peterson on last week. So if you're looking for that particular episode, again, the podcast is called The Roommates. It's episode 273, and they titled it The Goat's Wisdom. And the topic was why men today are single. And they pointed to, at least I think they pointed to, there was a Pew study from this month, October, showing that men are now more likely to be single than women. And these two gentlemen on The Roommates asked JP, Jordan Peterson, why he thinks that is. And he gave, you know, a a whole explanation, which again, if you want to listen to that, you can go to episode 273 of The Roommates podcast. But I had had kind of an interesting response to his response, (laughs) to to Jordan's response. to begin with, he focused, he, his first comment was basically saying that rather than look at this as a group thing, you know, men, women, and what's happened with them and hating on one sex, so to speak, he prefers to focus on the individual and take it on a case by pay, case by case basis, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, there, you know, I myself see way too much, both on YouTube and sometimes on my Facebook page, just all out women hating, you know, women suck, don't get married. That that's, you know, I get that if if you've had a really bad experience, but it's not that different from when I complain about women who've had bad experiences, who then paint men as horrible, which is basically what feminists do, not regular women. So those men to me are doing exactly what feminists are doing. So to me, that's not helpful. So I completely agree that focusing on a particular situation, what has happened with you in your life, how did you get where you are, and so on and so forth, is the way to go for sure. However, I'm not 100% confident that Jordan understands the scope of what's happened with male and female dynamics over the last 30 or 40 years and and why and how um, deeply rooted it is in modern marriages and relationships. There's just a lot to unpack there. So it, so even though the individual, the comment about focusing on the individual is great, there is another piece to this puzzle that's really important to not overlook. And that is more group, group oriented, if you will, to think about it in this other way. So what has happened over the past 30 years? 
there are three, there are essentially three overarching problems. Number one, the massive loss of manufacturing jobs has been a huge, huge piece of this puzzle, is a huge piece of this puzzle. You essentially have non-college educated men, which are most men, by the way, most people actually don't even go to college. If you're looking at it as, again, like a whole, all of America, uh, physical labor, manual labor, um, trades, um, this has always been, until recently, a, a, a not only a respectable, but the majority of types of jobs that, that men and or women, but men um, do. So the idea that they have to go to college to be worthy of a woman was not a thing in the past. So with that loss of, with, with the loss of manufacturing jobs combined with more and more women going to college, much more so than men, 60, 40 now, we end up with essentially a gender problem because women prefer to marry men, I've said it a million times before, I'll say it a million times again, who are of equal or higher status than they. And so you have a bunch of non-college educated men who can't find women in their same socioeconomic level because now all the women are going to school, um, or excuse me, going to college at such high rates and the men aren't. So, So if they're not financially stable, the women are just going to over, overlook, um, overlook them altogether. So it's not even necessarily that they have to be, I mean, it is both. It's, it's a college educated woman is going to want a college educated man. No question. But more to the point is that these loss of manufacturing jobs have, and even trade schools, although I think that's going to become even bigger going forward, especially for men who are now not going to college, you, you still have a disconnect between the education level and the ambition level of men and women today. And we're seeing this left and right. We have high achieving women with not enough high achieving men. And this is going to have to change, obviously, because uh, I mean, I shouldn't say that necessarily is going to, something's going to have to change with, with respect to the situation. If the situation isn't going to change, then you have to have your approach to love and marriage change. And that's going to be a hell of a lot harder because it is, the biological imperative for a woman to want someone who's her equal or higher. So at least in those domains. And at the end of the day, you know, people have asked me, um, given this new reality, what are the options, you know? And one of the things I've said is, look, you're going to have fewer men who are educated than women. So the, the math on that is not going to work out for women, which means that Ultimately, you're going to see a lot more college-educated women marrying men who are not college-educated, which in and of itself isn't a bad thing if there's enough room and space for a man to find his purpose. Um, and with the loss of manufacturing jobs, that's where the, I think men are struggling. They don't want to be in college and there aren't any manufacturing jobs. So where, is, where do they belong? That's the bottom line. That's where we are. So that's, that's a big issue is the loss of manufacturing jobs. Number two, and this goes hand in hand with that, the rise of women and the demotion of men. Um, With the last 30 or 40 years of attention on women, we have simultaneously uh, pushed aside, marginalized men rather than um, bringing them both up to emboldening, emboldening both of them together. We, We seem to think we had to, 
uh, uh, rise, you know, uh, help women at the expense of men. And that, that's not a, that's a feminist thing, clearly. So I have a, um, uh, email that I got from someone recently. I want to read to you. I didn't write his name down. Sorry. Dear Suzanne, I'm a 60 year old divorced man. I have a grown daughter who I'm very close to. I have a great career in behavioral health and I love what I do. However, I do not, my, I do not see myself ever remarrying. I have been single for over 20 years and I'm not unhappy. I meet women all the time, but there are a few things that I do not like about them. Number one, women don't need men anymore, or at least they act like they don't. And number two, women do not value men anymore. They value what we provide, but not the masculine ingredient that used to be essential in the relationship recipe. They do, however, want masculinity only at certain times but not at other times. Women want to be equal, but not all the time. Women also want to be traditional, but not all the time. You see, what women have done is create an equality hybrid where they have the best of both worlds. I really don't know how to act anymore. It would seem that I should do what many guys do, just shut up and let her jump back and forth. She is equal when it is advantageous for her to be equal. And then she is traditional when gender roles are advantageous. I would rather be single. So this bigger issue that this gentleman touches upon is the deeper issue that I think um, wasn't covered on that episode with the roommates and Jordan Peterson. It's just, um, it's more complicated than just men go find your way and um, present yourself to women uh, in your best form and they will want you. Now, I, I do think that is true. I do think that is true that if men do that, they will have far better luck finding a woman. But I also think just from my own experience in dealing as a marriage coach, that it's not as simple as just finding the person because there's also then what comes after that and how how are these changes going to manifest themselves in the daily life over the long term, you know, over the decades coming up after you've married with children? And that's really very often where, where problems come up. So even if you could deal with the dating issue and the finding a spouse um, or a relationship um, by doing, you know, by becoming the best version of yourself, you still have to deal with how are you going to stay married? What are you going to do after you've sort of caught the fish, so to speak? And that's, that's mostly where I'm focused on. So that's the second one is the, is the rise of women and the demotion of men. And then the third thing is the astronomical rise in single motherhood, which has resulted in chronic father absence, which in turn results in weak men. Because a boy who doesn't have a father at home to teach him and guide him into manhood is going to struggle for years, essentially trying to figure things out for himself. That's what he's left with. It's no different than if a girl were left without her mother, which, by the way, we never talk about that. Not because, I mean, it's obviously not the issue that fatherlessness is, so that's why we don't. But also, if you think about it with respect to that and compare it to that, it's, it's all of a sudden crystal clear. Well, yeah, a girl without her mom would be lost. But we're not acknowledging the significance of that for boys. They have to essentially teach themselves how to be a man if there's no father in the home. A mother can't do that. She can be a fantastic mother, but she cannot be a father. Period. End of story. 
It can't happen. And that's why we have a nation of men who are soft and weaker. Some never figure things out for themselves. So if they don't struggle, uh, not having had a father to figure out what it means to be a man, I mean, they either struggle, I should say, sorry, or they never get it. They never do become a man. And interestingly enough, Laura Ingram on Fox News covered this just last week in a segment entitled, Where Have All the Men Gone? America's Quiet Crisis, The Rise of Weak Men. Let's take a listen. Now, the fact is the natural instinct of most men is to protect women, but that's slowly being beaten out of them by angry feminists or overly feminine men who love submissive types. This seems especially to be the case in more liberal urban areas. And the consequences are horrifying. Now, something that happened in a Manhattan subway car when a woman told a perturbed African-American man to take a chill pill. Watch. Well, that went on and on, but notice what didn't happen. Not a single man on that train intervened. A more shocking incident took place in Philly last week when a woman was raped on the L train with other passengers aboard. Not a single one did anything to help her. And earlier this week in San Francisco, it was a young woman who chased down a man who pushed an elderly Asian lady to the ground. When the woman confronted the assailant, she was stabbed three times. Where were the men? Frankly, the mass feminization of men should trouble women the most. The victims in all those heinous attacks were women who were overpowered by bad men. And because the cultural elites and institutions have spent years villainizing masculinity, there were no good men willing to step in to save them. And that's the angle. See, once you see what this country has done to its men, you can't unsee it. You're going to see it in films and on television. You'll see it in the news. You'll see it on social media. You'll see it everywhere you go, even among your own friends and family. That is how insidious this war has been. And the most frustrating aspect of this phenomenon is that, as, is that at its core lies a complete and total misunderstanding of who men are and what amazing qualities they bring to the table when they are emboldened to do so. And guess what doesn't embolden a man? Telling him he's superfluous, that he doesn't matter. Letting him know that women rule the world now and that he'll have to get in line with her requirements if he wants a seat at the table. When a woman can't see men for who they really are, her life becomes consumed with the bitterness and resentment she's been taught to harbor. And it bleeds into every interaction she has with men, whether at the workplace or in their relationships at home. Because if the constant drumbeat to which women are exposed is that men, especially fathers, are clueless at best and dangerous at worst, what do you think that's going to do to women's perception of men? And what do you think we're going to get from men in return? As one of my Facebook followers named Erica wrote on my page when I posted the Laura Ingram segment wrote, quote, this is what Suzanne Banker has talked about extensively on her forum. These feminists are reaping their fruits. 
You spend decades, tons of money, endless talk shows, commentaries, and spared no expense in schools, churches, academia, homes, berating men, talking down their God-given mandates to be heads of their household and to discipline. And you're even now changing genders of boys to fit your image to prove your point. And you turn around and have the audacity to ask where all the men have gone. Which men could possibly be missing? I wonder where they are. We're bombarded with whatever a man can do, a woman can do better, right? How is that working out now? Indeed. How is that working out now? And that ends this hour of The Suzanne Banker Show. Before you leave us, I'd appreciate it if you'd take one minute to give us a review at Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. If you've done that already, or if you can't leave a review on your podcast player for some reason, please consider sharing the show with a friend or a family member. Word of mouth is the primary way we get the word out about The Suzanne Banker Show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.